and welcome back to the First Cup Podcast with Kyle Porter. That's Kyle Porter. I'm Chip Patterson. It's Wednesday, March 20th. Happy first day of spring. And Kyle, happy 22 days until the start of the Masters. Of course, that means that you're probably three days from when you're going to be showing up at Augusta, right? You'll be there this weekend. (laughs) I actually turned all my content in a week ago. Uh, and yeah, I'm ready for the Masters. Are there other events between now and then? There are other events between now and then, including the (laughs) Valspar Championship at the Copperhead Course at Innsbruck Resort in in Palm Harbor, Florida, that coming up this weekend, and we will get to our our picks and uh, expectations and predictions for that a little bit later on in the show, but I feel like there has been within this college basketball bracketology march madness wall-to-wall bracket breakdown coverage i feel like rory's players win is rory's players win is going to be more like overlooked and undervalued this golf season unless of course you know he continue if he wins the masters then it becomes another part of it but right now outside of the like very very diehard golf community i am not seeing the kind of ripple effect from that news you and i were jacked about it like enough to be like all right sunday night we gotta record because we want to talk about rory now in the days that have passed i'm like do you guys realize one of the best golfers in the world just won the players and i feel like no one's talking about it (laughs) well so here's my take on that you've got these sort of staggered starts to the year right so for me the the golf year starts on like the like Kapalua first first round like Kapalua that's that's when my golf year starts for guys that are you know pretty pretty deep into it in terms of like their fandom it starts at what Tory maybe right and then you if you've got so there are different levels of fandom if you got the casual fan maybe they don't start until uh, maybe maybe the masters like maybe that's when that's when they cuz i think i think so much of this is is you see every year like okay the masters is like the the last of the staggered like starts to the golf year and so so, so like such a large swath of people that are like quote unquote into golf it doesn't even start for them uh until the first round at augusta and so this players move to march like when and so when the players is in may those people are in because they're in for that five months until the end of the pga championship and then they're back out until the masters the next year and so this players move to march like falls outside of that purview and so i think that you just I don't know. Like it just, it hasn't resonated. It's, it was a bad weekend for it in terms of other sports like selection Sunday. I know that I read Shane Ryan's, uh, he did a running, uh, diary of Rory's win. It was hilarious, but he's like, I, I have to go get to selection Sunday. And I think that that was, you know, true of a, a lot of people who are just casual, like, Oh, I wonder who's leading the golf tournament type fans. Shout out to Shane Ryan. Big, big he was, du- he big was, guy. he was beside himself about, just everything that was going on with Rory on Sunday. It was hilarious to watch. Really? Okay. Well, we might need to get him on here uh, to, to, to defend himself. Uh, what about for, you know, is it possible that that kind of uh, victory, which uh, for Rory, he said himself was validation for a lot of the, the work and the form that he felt like he'd been turning in. And, you know, we, we've reviewed the statistics in terms of, the, how strong his resume has been so far through 2019. Do you think that the fact that it wasn't packed with all this extra, um, you know, 
even even beyond the golf media world with this extra meaning and this extra hype and this extra hubbub is there any way that that is something that you could look at as a continued positive as, as Rory just sort of reshapes what this tenure of his careers or this chapter of his career is going to look like yeah, I think that helps. I I don't know. I, I don't know how much though, because I think the primary pressure that Rory feels is from people like us, not, and not like us specifically, but from the Brando Chambly, the golf media, the people that are like deep into it, mm-hmm. and all those people are still deep into it. So I don't know that he really feels a ton of weight from like the guy who's you know playing one and done. Uh, for his you know fantasy league or whatever like I, I don't think that he I don't think he carries that weight like maybe somebody like Tiger did he he does carry it but I, I don't think it's as heavy I think what's here's what's interesting I brought this up on uh, morning drive a co- like a month ago whenever I was on but I think the the sort of carrot of uh, port rush do we, have we talked about this yes a little bit I think or maybe I mean I watched you so maybe I got it then <laughs> So I think the the idea of Portrush having the open and that being like a really big deal for him is is benefit like is helpful and beneficial for the masters. And also the the reality that like people haven't really, really been paying attention, I think is is because if people were paying attention and they're like, oh my gosh, Rory's gonna win the Masters by ten. I think I think he would feel a little bit of that, but because they're not, it's almost like his players win slipped under the radar, which is like, is like the best thing that could happen is for him to both A, win, and B, for it to not really resonate in the greater sports world. Okay, because so remember, yeah, so it does, it, does feel, it does feel positive. It feels like this is a thing that, you know, I mean, and I'm, I'm sure Roy McIlroy hates someone else like applying his own logic to, you know, his narrative that he very much should, should own himself, but yeah. it... It, I can logically sort sort of put together these different pieces of information and say, wow, that like it seems better than the opposite of every single person in the whole sports world was dialed in, and now every single person in the sports world is making Rory the number one story at, the, at Augusta. I mean, for common Joe sports fan or Jane sports fan, you know, whether you are a Joe or a Jane or a them, uh, it's still Tiger, and it's not Rory, it's Tiger. Yeah, that's true. And that's, I mean, that, that's the way that Tiger feels that I think people don't get. It's just, it's, it's like, it's so constant and it just goes on forever. You know, it, it, I, I, people can't understand like what that, I mean, I, I don't understand what it feels like. I, I can't imagine that kind of weight. Um, but yeah, I do, I do think, yeah. I mean, I think in a lot of ways, like it's better for Rory that he won the players in March than in May. Um, you ready for the tinfoil hat conspiracy? <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm always ready for, for anything in that realm. Um, it was rigged as a deep inside job golf pass promotion. <laughs> <laughs> as soon as he won, like Carson Daly tweets, he's like, congratulations, roars. Can't wait to talk about it on the podcast. And I was like, oh no. This was an inside job. (laughs) (laughs) Niall Horan's producing next time we see it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. What's what's going on? No, I I didn't. I don't think I finished off my thought about Portrush. I think the fact that Portrush is the Open this year is beneficial to Rory because I think that 
the weight of Augusta is so heavy that it's like, okay, well, even if I don't win Augusta, I still have Portrush in July. Because winning the Open there is different than just winning the Open. It's in Northern Ireland. Like it's just a, that's a big deal, you know. Big deal for and him, so, or big big deal for him. Big deal for any European player, or big deal. Period. No, for him. Okay, and for. Uh, yeah, Graham McDowell, like if he can get it, like anybody that's from there, that's a huge deal to win it there. Um, so I think I think that will benefit him as well. I mean, I, man, I don't know. It just feels like I I I saw Porath on. He was on Morning Drive this week, and <laughs> they they did like a one to ten uh, rate your like the hype train for Rory at Augusta and he threw he threw a 10 up there and like I thought he was going to stand up I thought he was going to like stand up and start like hooting and hollering about <laughs> about Rory coming down Magnolia Lane and like I mean you look at the numbers chip Jake Nichols tweeted these out he's he's playing better right now than he has at any point in time at this part of the year in his career mm. like it, he he's he should he should finish in the top ten at Augusta, which I know that's not like going out on a limb. He's finished there, I think, each of the last five years. But it's just he's he's so locked in. I, I, I don't know. Do you want to talk about the Masters a little? In just a second. But first, we've got to remind our listeners, you know, we know that you want to win your bracket. I mean, that's, that's pretty much a no-brainer. But Sportsline can help you with those sought-after office bragging rights. Last year, their optimal bracket finished in the top 5% of CBS Sports brackets and called Villanova winning it all, and their upset bracket called 12 of 18 first-round upsets by double-digit seeds in the past three years. So visit sportsline.com slash brackets for the insight that you need to win. First cut listeners, that is you, can sign up for Sportsline right now. Use the promo code EAGLE. That's what we're all trying to get out there on those par fives. Sportsline, using that promo code EAGLE, and you'll get your first month for just $1. That's right, $1 for your first month of Sportsline. It's the perfect time to sign up so that you can get that bracket advice you need to win your pools. That is, go to sportsline.com slash brackets, sign up, and use the promo code EAGLE to get your first month for just $1. So are you done with uh, all your Augusta preview stuff? <laughs> No, not quite. But I'm I'm getting close on my uh, pr- uh, ranking the field one through ninety. I've got eighteen masters facts you might not know. Uh, so I'm, I'm getting close on some of that stuff. And then you know I'll have smaller stuff as we get a little bit closer. I, I think I'm gonna, I think I'm gonna try to talk to um, Justin Ray and Jake Nichols about like kind of a st- like like st- what's the statistical profile of somebody that plays really well at Augusta. Because those guys are a lot smarter about that stuff than I am, and I think they would be really intriguing to to kind of talk to about that kind of thing. What is uh, what's been sort of um, buzzing in your mind as you've been breaking it down and turning it in? Like, what's what, what right now as we sit here again, as I introduced at the beginning, twenty two days away from the start of Masters play? Unbelievable that it's coming up this close. Um, what's what's sort of humming for you right now? In terms of like who I'm going to pick or just no, anything? Not, not who you're going to pick, but just sort of like what sometimes when I spend and it happens a lot for me with the college football playoff because it gets announced in early December and then we've got almost a month before it comes around. And then when, uh, you know, the week before I leave, I'll, I'll start to be like, oh, you know what I haven't thought about? Or like as I'm doing research, you come across something new that makes you not not change your mind about 
who you think you're going to win, but certainly uh, a new factor, a new wrinkle that's going to be resonating with you. And then, and I'm sure this is going to happen for you too, there'll be another wave of it once you actually arrive on site, get there, start talking to people. So like right now at this point in the preparation process, what what seems to be mattering to you right now? Well, there's a couple of things. The first thing, I, I came across some data that the 15th Club put out, which is who Ray and um, Jake Nichols work for. This was a couple of years ago, and, and they were, or it might have been last year, they were talking about how wedge play doesn't matter as much at Augusta as it might seem like. Like, it's, it's, it's definitely not as important as distance off the tee uh, and then short and long iron play. And I thought that was interesting because I think the thing that we bemoan with with somebody like Rory a lot of times, oh, I can't his wedge is close. And it's like, well, statistically, this this might not even matter, you know? And if so he's I thought that's sticking greens on his approach shots, who cares yeah, about his that, wedges? That's that's what that's one sort of kind of nugget that I've I've I'm gonna try to go deeper on over the next few weeks. Um one thing I tweeted out yesterday, so uh, this was uh, Masters, fir- like first time Masters winners by attempt. The numbers are pretty interesting, Chip, because you've got uh, 16, you got 24 of the however many winners in their first attempt, or however many first time winners won in one of their first four attempts. Oh. So th- three golfers have won it on their first attempt, five on their second, eight on their third, and eight on their fourth. And then it kind of tails off from there. Uh, once you get past 12, only, uh, four guys have won on their 13th, 14th, 15th, 16th, 17th, 18th, or 19th attempt. And Rory's on, this will be, uh, attempt number 11 for him. Wow. Yeah. So Sergio wanted on his 19th. Nobody's ever wanted on 16, 17, 18. Uh, one player wanted on 13, one on 14, one on 15, and then Sergio on 19. Adam Scott and Phil Mickelson both wanted on their 12th attempt. The premise being that if it ain't going to, if it doesn't happen after a certain point, it might not happen. Yeah. I mean, and, and this is hard too, because like Rory was playing the masters when he's 20. Right. And so most guys don't play it until they're 27 or 28 or whatever, 30. And so he, he's a little bit of an anomaly, and I think that you see that in guys like Scott and Phil, right? So they want it on their 12th attempt. Well, that's because they've been playing it for, you know, since they were teenagers almost. Right. And so I, I, I do think that he could potentially fall on that spectrum. But, man, I don't know. I, I think that going into March, I felt as if there were like 15 storylines that mattered. And now it feels like there's like one. <laughs> you can't help yourself. No, I can't. No, I'm, 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 I'm in too deep. Lost it's cause. Lost the other, cause. The, the other thing. How about this? Best average masters finish when making the cut. So you have to make the cut for it to count in the last 10 masters. And I put a, I put a minimum of five made cuts. So you can't put, you can't have played in like two and and make this list. Uh, do you want to guess who's first on the list? Best average Masters finish when making the cut in the last ten Masters. Ricky Fowler. Uh, Fowler's on the list, but he's like thirteenth. Okay. Um. Last ten years, so we're going back to two thousand eight. Yeah. Uh, yeah. 
Okay. Minimum five cuts made. <sighs> Justin Rose. Justin Rose is second at a, his average finish in the last ten years when he makes the cut is eleven point six, which is crazy. Yeah, if he's going to make the he, cut, he's going to be in the top. He's a lock for the top ten. That's stupid. And he, yeah, he's made nine of those cuts. Um, so he's missed missed one cut, or maybe he missed a tournament. I'm only going to say this because I knew you wrote about him, so it's not necessarily a good guess. But is it Patrick Reed? No, it's uh, uh, Jordan Spieth. His oh, average, okay. His average finish. 3.8 average average finish five masters 3.8 that's and, and see that's the thing is you feel like there's only one but all it's gonna take is a 66 on uh thursday from spieth to just like totally throw everything into the like just just throwing ice cream sandwiches into a speeding blade fan there's, there's going to be a pimento cheese food fight in yes. the <laughs> People aren't going to be able to handle them. There's there's so much stock that's going to change hands in the Augusta media tent throughout the the weekend. I can't wait. I'm so ready for it. The the rest of the top, I'll read the top 10. Speed, Rose, Paul Casey's third. How about that? Defending uh Valspar champion Paul yeah. Casey. Uh, Rory's fourth, Jason Day, Anil Cabrera's sixth, uh, Tiger, Westwood, Furyk, Fred Couples, Adam Scott, Phil, Kuchar, and then rounding out, I don't know how many names are on here, 13 or so, Fowler, uh, Ricky Fowler, Brant Stendekar, and Louis Oosthuizen all have an average finish of 19th when they make the cut in the last 10 years. Um, I'm, I'm guessing we're probably going to get Robbie Calland back on here for uh, a Masters preview at some point. I'll go yeah. ahead and, and spoil it. That boy loads up on Fred Couples in head-to-heads at the <laughs> Masters. <laughs> He's just like, nah, principal play. Couples loves Augusta. Uh, oh, that's great. Yeah, yeah it, no, I'm, I'm already excited. It, it's, you know, I try to, I think every year I've tried to space out kind of my prep work, like starting it in February, starting it in early March, just so that I feel like fully prepared. Cause you don't, I mean, who knows like which way things are going to go when, when we get there and you want to, you want to be ready for whatever's going to happen. And it's such a big deal. You know, it's, it's almost like if the majors are a step up from all the other tournaments, the masters is a step up from all the other majors, just in the way it's covered, how much it matters, how important the players see it. It's just, it's such a different week. And uh, yeah, you want to be ready for it. By the way, uh, Patrick Reed had a teleconference on Monday and he mentioned two chains on the teleconference. I, th- I think that was a first in Masters history. Well, you got to give me the context. He said that he was at a Knicks game and two chains touched his jacket and asked if it was the real thing. I'll I'll throw this out there. I think that it is more likely that uh, that Patrick Reed actually I could I could be wrong about that because he does have uh does have some you know the Georgia connection there. But I was gonna say, does Patrick Reed know two chains more for his reality show where he just experiences the most expensive things ever, or from his music? <laughs> What I, what's his reality show? I don't even know about this. Uh, Shockingly, he's well. I mean, I'm not asking you to to follow 
uh, the the reality show scene. Okay, it's called The Most Expensivist. Okay, that seems pretty highbrow. Um, it's on Viceland. It's very highbrow. <laughs> uh, shot in New York and Las Vegas, the series finds two chains trying excesses like an $800 bottle of beer, $5,000 chicken wings, and $600 coffee. He also samples some rare coffee. He also what? samples some rare wines, plays with $165,000 kittens and uh has a $10,000 steak dinner. This is crazy. This is this is this is terrible. I don't I don't I don't like this. I'm out. <laughs> is he going to go like play catch with Mike Trout next? Did you see the Mike Trout con- contract? 430 yeah so i was thinking about this uh tigers made 116 on the course in his pga tour career and if you go look up the list of baseball players that have made more than tiger it's it's stupendous three different baseball players with the last name ramirez have made more money than tiger on on in the course of their careers uh two one of them i hadn't even heard of I don't really follow baseball anymore. Uh, Bartolo Colon, Hunter Pence, Mike Hampton, Mark Burley have all made more than Tiger Woods in the course of their careers. But they didn't secure that Nike bag. Yeah. <laughs> it yeah. gets different off the course. <laughs> it's a lot different. Uh, all right. We will turn our attention to the Valspar with our expert picks, our predictions coming up right after this. Take your business further with the smart and flexible American Express Business Gold Card. You can earn four times points on your top two eligible spending categories every month, like transit, U.S. restaurants, and gas stations. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Four times points on up to $150,000 in purchases per year. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash businessgoldcard. Did you know that more than 75% of Americans will experience foot pain in their lifetime, but only 10% will seek out a solution for that pain? Those numbers do not add up to me, and I know it can be confusing, the biomechanics of the foot, the bones, the muscles, everything in between, but solving foot pain is simple, and that's where Superfeet comes into play. These Superfeet insoles go into your shoes, give your feet comfort and support where they need it the most, and redistribute the forces that reduce both stress and strain through your entire body, not just your feet. Insoles have been uh, phenomenal for me uh, personally, and they are clinically proven to decrease fatigue, reduce injury, and improve comfort. I can attest to that myself, especially when walking a a lot of golf holes that I play. So if you feel good, you play good, you look good, everything works out from there, and it starts from the bottom up. Visit superfeet.com and enter promo code FIRST at checkout for 15% off your first order, plus free shipping. Of course, the the wonderful... Um, Copperhead course where the entire nation of sports fans was introduced to the idea of a paint can as a tea marker a year ago. Kyle, we have returned to Kyle's. We have Kyle. We have returned to Tigers uh, glorious second place finish a year ago. That was the, the shotgun blast heard around the world 
that Tiger might be uh, marching his way back. Tiger Woods will not be in the field this week, but our field's pretty good, right? I think it's people have been talking about how like the Valspar got put in a bad position. And anytime you're behind a tournament like the players, it is a bad position. But I think it's a pretty great field. I mean, you got DJ, you got Rom, Sergio, uh, Webb's in it, Jason Day. I mean, it's it's not bad. Tommy Fleetwood as a late scratch, though. Yeah, that was unfortunate. Um, you've got uh, who else? Do you let me see. Who you got here? Jim Furyk. Uh, Furyk, yeah. Woodland, Patty Reed, Stenson. I mean, a lot of these guys uh, are guys that are kind of mainstays at this event. It does stink because last year you had Tiger, you had Spieth, you had Rory, and it's just a. It is a. It's a tough spot because you're like, okay, well, am I going to play? am I going to play four in a row and then take the wheat before the masters off? Some guys like to play before the masters. It's kind of a, it's kind of a dicey, like weird lead into the masters because of match play, because the players just happen. And because of the Texas open, it's just, it's kind of awkward. What are you looking for uh, in terms of storylines that you're following? Well, the amateur whose name I can't pronounce. Um, hold on. I've got it right here. Let's let's try to pronounce it. Akshay uh, Bhatia. Say that again. Akshay Bhatia. There you go. Is that right? Akshay. I, I think so. It's 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 closer than I was gonna get. You said you said let's give it let's give it a run. So uh, yeah, yeah no, gave it gave it my best. Akshay Bhatia. So he's number nine ranked amateur in the world. He is I think seventeen. He's a lefty. He's six foot, 130 pounds. That's twigs. Uh, yeah, but he's really good. I think, uh, I think that's a BMI in the single digits. He's Yeah, he's the, uh, I think he's the top junior in the world. Uh, and he's planning on turning pro uh, out of high school, not going to college. So he's got, he's actually got, I was reading an article about him on uh, MyrtleBeachOnline.com, uh, which... <laughs> beware of going to look up the article because it broke our uh, CMS. Something, something broke our system on cbsports.com. But uh, he, he's got two swing coaches, which is interesting. And one of them is George Gankis, who is Matthew Wolf's swing coach. Mm. And I, so he, uh, yeah, he's, he's an interesting dude. He's very confident in his abilities. I, I, I don't know. I mean, I think he, I think he understands. I think, I think a lot of these young guys, like they're, they're, they're going into some of this stuff with eyes like wider open than maybe twenty or thirty years ago, just because there's more stuff available. Like you can read more, you can watch more, you can, you can play more. Um, just in terms of like your access to guys that you're going to be going against is is uh, great. He's played in a bunch of Monday qualifiers for PGA Tour and Web.com. So I, I'm pretty intrigued. We saw an amateur a couple of years ago, Lee McCoy, finish fourth at this event and actually contended to win it on Sunday. So I don't think that's going to happen just because McCoy was already in college and, and pretty seasoned. But uh, that'll be that'll be a big storyline, especially if he makes the cut. Do you think he makes the cut? Uh, Yeah. I mean, well, I'll say this. I'll, I'll be rooting for him to make the cut. Fair. Totally I, fair. I don't know. I think he will contend to make the cut and then it'll just come down to, you know, make a few putts, whatever. Where is the, 
so so your pick to win is Dustin Johnson. I'm not going to spoil it because well, I am going to spoil it because I want to just like sort of dive into uh, a quick refresher of what we talked about on Sunday. He fires off 469s and does so in the process of having a really really bad putting sh- performance, particularly with misses inside of 10 feet as yeah. he's continuing to grind uh, and continuing to play like what's what it's always tough to get a sense of what where things are going for Dustin Johnson just because he is you know the the he is so committed to just being DJ uh, you know he, he lays it out simply and you're like oh well yeah you're right you didn't do that well you did everything else amazing and and that's why this happened do you think that that's a is this a, a spot where you're looking for him to show anything different or is it m- more of being concerned about seeing the putting struggles continue in a way that would make you adjust his odds to win at Augusta? Yeah, the putting will be interesting. The, these, this is a place where you, you know, I was reading, um, who was I reading? I think it was Rob Bolton at PJTour.com. He does a really great weekly uh, kind of fantasy rankings deal. And he was talking about how this is a place where the greens are sort of a little bit softer and kind of gettable. And so it, it, it can be somewhere where if you're a Keegan Bradley, if you're a Dustin Johnson, even if you're a Sergio, you can kind of, you know, find your stroke a little bit because you're not, you know, you're, you're, you, can, you can find your speed, I think, a little bit easier here and maybe hold a few putts and kind of get going. But, I mean, the reality is it's a tough course. And in a t- in, on a tough course in a field like this that's maybe good but not great, with the way DJ's playing, I mean, Chip, there's only two guys that are uh, better than two strokes gained per round uh, on the field on the PGA Tour this year. And one of them's on the field. That's Rory, who won last week. He's at like 2.8, which is obs- obscene. I mean, that's like a – I, I went back and looked. The highest number, I think, in the strokes gained era, so since 03. I think Tiger put up like a 3.1 or 3.2 in 2006. And Rory's at like two point seven or eight right now. Man, we need to adjust. We need to adjust strokes gained against the field when the field stunk compared to what it does now. Yeah. I, I I think Rory's strokes gained stats now are more impressive than Tiger's strokes gained stats from fifteen years ago, based on the strength of the field. Wow, wow, I'm, that's is that spicy. Yeah, I mean it's 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 semi spicy. We if I like we, it though. If we adjust for tempo, we need to adjust so, for weak ass fields. <laughs> so in two in, <laughs> in two thousand six, Tiger was three point three zero. Goodness. Jim Furyk was second at two point five. Adam Scott was third at two point zero. And Luke Donald was fourth at one point nine. Mm. So there were only there were only three guys over two, and Tiger was at three point three. <laughs> this year, Rory's at two point seven four. DJ's at two. This is my original point. DJ's at two point six, and then you got to go all the way down to Justin Thomas at two point one, and nobody else is over two. So my point is that he is by far the best player in the field, uh, and playing the best golf of anybody in the field. So it's just. I don't know. I mean, it's just an easy pick. I've got Sergio top 10. Uh, he's been kind of playing sneaky, really, really good golf. He's got, I think, four straight top 25s, a couple of top 10s in there. Closed pretty well at the players. I think he was six under 
on Sunday, and he usually plays uh, really well at Valspar. And then sleeper is uh, the other Rory, Sabo. Sabatini? Rory Sabatini. Uh, he finished top 10 here last year, but pretty well for, for part of the players. So he's like 150 to one. So I, I kind of like him this week. What about, um, for what, what is Rory? What is Rory Sabatini's Rory nickname within the golf world? Well, Brendan and Andy Johnson call him the boy from Bratislava because he changed his nationality to Slovakian. He became like a Slovakian native. <laughs> Have you heard about this? No. Yeah, he married, I think, somebody from Slovakia. And so now he can, like, get into the Olympics, like, under their flag. Oh. And that's his game plan? I don't I don't know. I have no idea. We just I know, don't know what he's doing. We just know he has eligibility. Yeah, yeah. He's he's no longer, like, he's Slovakian, and he's not South African anymore. I don't, I don't know how that, how do you even do that? Like, can I just go become, like, Canadian? Uh, no, I, you can't. <laughs> you want you want to know why, but, Kyle? Because why? Texas has its hold on you for life, and Oklahoma. <laughs> yeah, maybe I'll just be Texan. Maybe like when they have the the writers open, and like all of us are playing at Pinehurst number nine, like in the after the Masters, like I'll just have a Texas flag next to my name. Yeah, I mean, I, I think that uh, the Lone Star State would be proud of you for that. Yeah, that'd be great. That'd be great. All right, DJ to win. Sergio's your top 10 lock. Rory Sabatini is your sleeper. Let's say, uh, man, let's, let's go Keegan Bradley. Chips I pick. like that. He's playing well. You know, yeah, you know you know where he's kind of sneaky fun is Augusta. I could see it. Like, I, I, don't, I don't think he's going to win Augusta because he's like 207th in putting right now. But... Uh, I, I, it's he's a great long iron player. I don't know. It's kind of kind of kind of intriguing. Very intriguing. Uh, he is Kyle Porter. You can follow him on Twitter at Kyle Porter CBS. You can follow me at Chip underscore Patterson. Uh, we will be back on Monday morning. Is that all right with you, Kyle? Sounds good. All right. I think I'm gonna have. Uh, I'm at a Friday Sunday in Columbia, and because we've got Duke, I don't think we're gonna be the early afternoon tips the way these things no. normally break and so yeah. i'll be i'll you're be gonna, you're gonna be deep in it yeah i'll be driving back late sunday um yeah we'll, we'll knock it out monday morning talking about um, whoever got all the paint cans <laughs> kyle thank you very much see you chip <laughs>